Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Finance Bible Podcast. We are your hosts as always, Oscar and Zeke, and please note that nothing in this podcast should ever be considered as personal financial advice. And if personal financial advice is what you are after, then please get in touch so that we can connect you with the correct professionals to make sure that the job is done correctly. Enjoy the show. Right today we are talking about four key benefits of establishing a self-managed super fund, and you may ask, what is a self-managed super fund? Zeke, if you had to answer that question, what would the answer be? It'd probably be pretty self-explanatory. To be honest, it would be literally a self-managed super fund. So instead of it being one that, it is a good answer. Instead of it being one that you know or super or CBUS, anyone like that are managing, you manage it directly and or you can basically own the fund, have the operation of it figured out, but pay someone else to actually manage it for you. There's probably an or, actual definition, right? but you, what's you your can manage it yourself though. A lot of people though tend to avoid managing it yourself because there is a lot of downtime in terms of documentation um, and compliance you need to upkeep. So generally speaking, getting someone else to manage it is the way to go. Um, but you did mention a definition of what is the best definition for it. Um, got one here. Just a short and sharp. The self-managed super fund, brackets, SMSF, is a superannuation fund that has the members or a company with the members as directors slash as the trustee. Brilliant definition. We love it. it realistically... It's just a fund that you are a director and trustee of. You can outsource it, like we said, but the main difference is it's private. It's no longer managed by an external source where you can just go on and dictate a couple of little things. It's private. It's yours. You can control how it's managed, whether you want to or you want to outsource it. It's probably the, the simplest way to put it. Yeah, perfect. And you can have it fund as well with you know family members partners, friends as well. So it doesn't actually have to be just your own. So you can combine your balances together and use it as a force to reckon with. So first off the bat, cost effectiveness. So generally speaking, SMSFs with larger balances may have lower fees depending on the circumstances. Historically, it's considered that SMSFs are a better option when you have a balance of up to 200000 because The reason being is SMSFs are a fixed fee. So regardless of your balance, let's say if you have 200,000 or you have a million dollars, the fee to run that self-managed super fund stays the same. If we look at comparing that to an industry super fund, like your host, passerware, super, et cetera, they charge a rolling percentage-based fee. So depending on your balance, the higher your balance, the higher fees you're paying, so when you compare $200,000 from an in- industry super fund to a self-managed fund, it's actually cheaper to run your self-managed super fund because of the fixed fee structure it has. Um, that's, that's a main benefit in terms of if you do have quite a bit of balance or if you're combining not just one or two balances together like a few of your friends or families, it may be appropriate to look into how much money you may be saving. Yeah, you're you're bang on. So, for example, let's say you're a married couple, uh, you're 50 years old each, your super balance is 250 grand each, meaning a combined balance 500 grand. 
if your percentage-based fee with your industry fund is something like 1.7%, which isn't too out of the ordinary, uh, that would equate to roughly $8,500 a year that you'd be paying in fees there. Whereas if you had that 500 grand in a self-managed fund on a fixed fee, then chances are the fixed fee is going to be lower than that 1.7% of the total fund. So if your fee for the self-managed fund is less than $8,500 in that example, then it's more beneficial in terms of like a cost ratio. That's why with the, the bigger balance you've got, the better it gets. So if you've got a million in there, same example, it's going to be up near the, um, near the 17 grand mark. Whereas if you've got 50,000 in there, then your self-managed fund being fixed might be more than the percentage base. Um, so it's a rolling thing. The less you've got, the less attractive. The more you've got, the more attractive. Point number two um, would be, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say control of the actual fund. So a little bit of what you said earlier, how you can have multiple members in there as well. In Australia, you can actually have six members in the fund at one time. So for example, uh, my family, I've got four siblings, two older brothers, one younger brother, and one younger sister. Um, yes, lucky her, four older boys to make sure her life is a living misery. No, we take care of her. See? Let's say there's a, a five of us, and then we throw in a, a little random random person just to spice it up. Oh, throw Don I in might there. To, I might have to man up. <laughs> You're coming yeah. in, mate. You're joining the cult. Anyway, yeah. you've now got six people. If we say our average balance is 300 grand, that's 1.8 million. Between all of us having the 1.8 million in an industry fund, getting charged that percentage basis we talked about, you'd be paying over 25 grand in fees in total. Whereas if we go this way, it might only cost us combined as a cohort something like $5,000 per year. So massive savings, but you actually get a lot more control with it too. Let's say I want to, I'm not happy with investing in, I'm just going to use, um, Australian super as an example, again, not financial advice, not ripping on their product or anything, but let's say they've got a few different options. They've got growth, they've got balanced, conservative. Instead of picking one of those three options or another couple of options that they do offer, then I can actually decide with the other five members, okay, we want to do XYZ as our investment strategy. We'll put a bit here, bit there, bit there, figure it out, leave some in cash, put some in fixed interest. Um, shares here, property there, direct shares, equities, term deposits, whatever you want. It's a lot more flexible. You've got bulk control. I can wake up one day and go up and pull an X amount out of that and putting it into this. Whereas if you try to do that with your current fund, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Um, so that's, that's control that's for me. Because that, that leads on to the next point where, um, as you were just mentioning, your current fund like Australian Super, for example, won't allow you to do it, like investing direct property. So you can actually utilize your superannuation to purchase a investment property. It can only be an investment property. You can't buy a property to live in because um, that is illegal under the law. The good thing about purchasing a investment property in your super fund is when you hit a certain age, um, around 60, your retirement age, the income that generates up to a certain threshold is all tax-free. So let's say 30 years from now, let's say in 10 years' time, you purchase a property in your super fund. Later on when you retire, it's ultimately all paid off and the income that you generate from that property, you don't pay a cent of tax on it. So with a lot of clients who've met in the past, that's been a big um, reason for them to invest in the property side of things through their super. 
Um, and it just makes sense because you can put the other portion into direct, direct shares, um, like you were saying, Zig, and it doesn't all have to be in property because the reason being you don't want to do that is what if there's a big crash and you lose literally 90% of your portfolio and you're coming up to retirement? It means you got to work for the rest of your life because everything you've had has gone out the window. So diversifying your super, which is self-managed super fund, actually allows you to do is a big difference as opposed to just having your, your shares in the industry super fund. I mean, firstly, the, the point you made about having the the cap on the taxed income, one of my favourite things, uh, a lot of people don't actually get to reach that cap. So if you're able to leverage into something like property, for example, it helps you get there. Um, it's $3.4 million, $1.7 well, per individual. Correct. Yeah, I was going to say you're, you're right at the 3.4 because we normally deal with the couples and whatnot. But, yeah, 1.7 per member. So if you had six, you can uh, obviously multiply that quite a bit. But what's important to note there is that it is based on each actual member. So you can't just go around 1.7 times by six. It's actually your portion of it. So if I had 5 million and Cody, which is one of the brothers, had 500K, then we can't just go, all right, well, he's got 1.7, I've got 1.7, and the other four will split between other people. It doesn't work like that. Each person has their own allocation. But on, on the point we're talking about, which is investment flexibility, you've got a whole bunch of different options, like not only direct property, but you can do individual shares, so specific companies that you want to invest in, managed funds, fixed interest, so, you know, like term deposit, corporate bonds, government bonds, stuff like that, cryptocurrency, which is a big one for people at the moment, uh, a little bit, little bit iffy if you don't know what you're doing, so I'm not going to say get into it or steer clear of it, not giving any financial advice here. But a couple of cool ones um, or interesting ones, collectibles and personal use assets. So, for example, artwork, antiques, vintage cars, yeah, love, stuff like that. I was speaking to someone about the artwork 12 months ago. Artwork is is a pretty cool thing. You can, a bit of a sidetrack here, but um, there is companies out there and artwork makers out there and stuff where you can basically purchase a piece of artwork, artists. which might be like 30 grand. And you mean artists, what did I say? Sort of artwork makers. That's what I said. <laughs> I've lost the plot. I need another coffee. But anyway, oh, <laughs> yeah. So you've got artwork makers. We'll we'll continue it on. <laughs> well, that are out there. They might charge thirty grand for like some Aboriginal artwork, and that might uh, rent to somewhere for you know eight hundred bucks a a day or something like that. It might not be rented out all the time. It's kind of like having property, but very different. Do your own research, but it is an option. Um, antiques, vintage cars, stuff like that that are going to go up in value over time. And a really common one for business owners is that you can actually purchase a property for business purposes. So, for oh, yeah. example, uh, if you own throw, – throw something out there, Don. What's a, a business that you might own? Uh, let's just say a car washing company. You own a car washing company, it's situated at 123 Zeke and Oscar Street um, in the Bahamas or wherever it is, then you could actually buy that actual facility in your super fund and then the business itself pays rent to the super fund for occupying the space. So that's something that a lot of people do. Basically, any business you can do that with. Again, do your own research, not providing the advice, but it's very common. So that was point three. Moving on to number four, what do we want to go on to next? 
Well, one for when you know you're a bit older in life, possible estate planning flexibility. Uh, we can do number four with a few different things if you have anything else in your mind. But this is one of um, the other benefits. So a self-managed fund can actually manage and control uh, tax-free benefits prior to death to better manage the liabilities of tax. Um, so if it is something you're looking for, if you are the, the latest stage of life, you can utilise your SMSF to help planning those tough conversations and tough times. So that's also a, a big benefit in the scheme of things. Yeah, I think that the estate planning part of it is pretty important. For example, you've got multiple members in the fund. Um, one of you is older than the other. Uh, let's just say in this instance, you know, you're a family, you've got a husband and wife, and the wife has a younger brother, or the husband has an older brother or something, and they all come together to be in one. And you might have an age range of 20 years in that example, if the husband's a bit older, the wife's a bit younger, and then her brother is also younger, then what might happen in that case is you could go, all right, well, chances are the hubby is going to kick it a bit earlier. Uh, when it gets to that point, in time where you're, you're hitting, you know, you're 60 or something like that, not saying it's when you're going to kick the bucket, but if he's 60 and, and the younger brother who's also in the fund is 35, then they're going to have different investment strategies or they should, again, not financial advice. So you might be able to go, okay, well, planning for what's to come, maybe we change his investment strategy into something that's more, uh, by his, I mean the hubby, into something that's more cash or fixed interest, a bit less volatile, Whereas the younger boy, the the younger brother of the wife, could then be in more high growth assets and stuff like that, allowing for additional estate planning long term. Onto the final, or well, onto my final point, I don't know if Don wants to throw any more out there, but mm -hmm. the administration of it is a, a big thing to talk about. So a lot of people will look at a self managed fund and go, oh, based on the admin, like the the keyword being self managed, they won't want to go ahead and do it because they think it's going to be in a bulk amount of admin. Realistically, you can probably only, like genuinely, you could probably spend two hours a month on admin for it and get away with it, get the job done effectively. It's pretty easy to keep records of what's going on if you've got a good platform. But also, if you don't want to, they're very easy to outsource to, for example, an accountant who might charge two grand a year to do it between however many members that is. It's not very expensive. That's a good, good finishing point, mate. No, that's that's good. I guess the uh, bit off topic now, but uh, another good point, uh, which is not actually a point about SMSFs, is in uh, four weeks' time, we are heading to the coast of Western Australia, heading over to Perth, um, which means we are back together. So we will be doing some very good in-person podcasts. Um, so you won't have to listen to the over the StreamYard reception so that will be good for, good fun if any of you are in perth let us know i uh, wouldn't mind some uh, listeners to show us around town show us where to go bars restaurants wherever it may be but uh, reach out and uh let's see what we can do yeah the boys will be will be back with a bit of banter it's hard to have the banter over a microphone because by the time i say something and then don comes back and then i come back it's been about 10 seconds it is very difficult <laughs> um, isn't it you talk it is, and it's like, yeah, as soon as you start talking or I see your bubble, it's like, okay, I need to stop so that his audio doesn't get destroyed and then vice versa. Yeah, it's funny. So Perth will be good because, um, yeah, we'll definitely get a lot of content going and 
therefore checking our clients properties so yeah reach out if uh, you happen to be on that side of the country that's all for today's episode we'll catch you all next time perfect ciao guys as always if you've liked the podcast please give us a review jump on that five star wagon share it around with your mates and just give it the big odd tip 